0: It was the year of fire, the year of destruction, the year we took back what was ours. It was the year of rebirth, the year of great sadness, the year of pain,
1: and the year of joy. It was a new age. It was the end of history. It was the year everything changed.
0: The year is 2261. The show, the name of the pod. Episode 79, Lines of Communication in which Marcus and Steven attempt to bring the Martian resistance onto their side, and Delenn encounters the heirs of the Shadows.
1: From the fleet of escape pods, recently deployed from White Star 16, this is The Name of the Pod, the Babylon 5 podcast, in which we discuss the ongoing cultural legacy of the 1990 science fiction television program Babylon 5. I am one of your hosts, John Cassie, and I am joined, as always, by my dear friend, Chris Tetro? Chris, how are you? I'm doing all right tonight. How about yourself, John? I am fine. Is your hmm. escape pod serving all of your present needs? Are are you
0: getting enough oxygen?
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, I I sometimes yeah. wonder.
0: Yeah, I'm I you know, I'm kind of sad that that, you know, White Star 16 was only known as White Star 16. You'd think that they would get, you know, each get names.
1: Ah, I kind of like
0: it. E- even when you churn out like a massive fleet of ships, you know, give them names. Don't just give them numbers. You know, right. they, if you just give it a number, you know, it's going to get blown up. It's like putting a red shirt on a guy and sending him to the planet.
1: That's right. Yeah. I remember yeah. A, a, a line from a recent episode of the other program yeah. where the captain of the other space station uh, mm. put in a large order for new runabouts and his second in command said something flippant like well it's a good thing they have a lot of rivers on earth yes right <laughs> yes <laughs> so, indeed so, you know yeah you know when when white star 2106 is done in it's like well we've run out of lakes yeah you know i, I guess we're going to have to choose uh uh you know uh, you know, uh, oceans or uh, yeah. hilltops on Minbar I, or whatever. <laughs>
0: I suppose if they were expecting those things to have a pretty short life expectancy, they might not have have named them individually. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It was just I was you know, I was a little disappointed. I I, I, I like you know, I'm basically in science fiction for the ship porn.
1: Yeah, right, right.
0: And and ships having personalities, you know, from names is uh, is a big thing for me. Right, Um, right. You know, whether it's, you know, it's the White Star. Okay, cool. It's the White Star. So the others are our White Star class ship, but give them names.
1: Right, right. And, you know, this is an opportunity to to the point that you and I have raised, uh, you know, time time and again about, you know, this program and, frankly, others that we talk about when, you know, when we're not recording this show. Mm
0: -hmm. Or when we are recording this show. Or indeed when we are recording this show and being slagged
1: (laughs) by our audience for talking about other programs. Rightly so. This is an opportunity to give us a little bit of sort of maybe Mimbari cultural history. Yeah. Right. Name them after. Just generate a list of 50 names mm-hmm. of, and they could be anything, lakes, rivers, mountaintops. Yeah. Uh, you know, these are named for monasteries because they're associated with a religious class and mm-hmm. or caste and da, 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 right? Right. That would have been fun. Yeah. Yeah. But as it turns out, we've got another interstitial episode, don't we?
0: We definitely do, and I, yeah. and I think it seems that we're chaining a lot of interstitials together here, and if I didn't know any better, I would say that we're back in a season four sargasso.
1: Yeah, for sure. It feels a bit sargasso-ish, doesn't it? You
0: know, a lot of things are being set up, but not really moving. Right. Um, and this definitely felt like an episode that was more kind of putting things in place. Yeah. I mean, there was a great, you know, ship battle scene with some good ship porn going on at the end. Totally, but uh, uh, yeah, yeah, this this and the episodes around it have really seemed, um, yeah, just more like like placeholders. I think you know when we talk about our 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 prestige format, a lot of I think there's like six episodes here in the middle of the season that would just kind of get boiled down into one.
1: Yeah. My school put on a film festival last week, and one of our students, an animator, did a really interesting, he's doing, I should say, a really interesting piece of storytelling set on the moon. An astronaut lands, he's trying to get rescued. Mm -hmm. While he's being rescued, the automatic bot... That is running the mining processing center or whatever, which is meant to look like a little dog, <laughs> forms an emotional attachment to the astronaut. Right. Okay. Totally interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. But as we were watching it, work in progress. So it's not, he hasn't made all of his final cuts. My One of my colleagues leans over to me and he says... I'm really picking up a real 1970s pacing. Hmm. Which is to say it was a bit like watching the Tarkovsky film Solaris. <laughs> why make why make two cuts every minute when you could just leave leave the camera on a very long shot for 2 or 3 minutes at a time, right? Yes.
0: No one will be seated during the 25-minute fly-around of That's the right. Enterprise. That's,
1: yeah. Oh, precisely, mm-hmm. right? And so I was thinking about these episodes that we have been uh, wondering where we're going mm-hmm. as very reflective of a 1990s, 1980s television pacing yeah. Go back and watch early episodes of The X-Files. Like season 1. Super right. languid. Mhm. Okay. Watch early Star Trek the Next Generation. Deliberately paced, very slow. Within the episode. Now of course, these are all um civilization of the week, monster of the week. So they're not trying to tell that sort of extended narrative. And JMS is trying in B5, which is one of the reasons why we dig the show in the first place, to do that. But he hasn't practiced the craft of it yet. This is the first go.
0: Yeah, he's and, learning as he, as he goes along. Right, he's and his previous
1: rules. work yeah. has led him to this point. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he quite knows how to do it yet. So we end up with these periods in episode to episode to episode where it feels like, and I think calling it the Sargasso Sea is actually probably right, because what are we doing? We're just kind of wandering sort of in a very slow paced kind of way, Mm -hmm. trying to find our way back to whatever the main narrative that he cares about is.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah. And there are plenty of pieces in this and in the the prior episodes that are essential
1: mm-hmm. to the
0: larger story that's coming up. The mm-hmm. introduction of the Drock, the right. the the troubles on on Minbar, um, you know, these are all things that we that we need to have set. Um, but as you say, he's you know he's 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 at the front of the train, laying the tracks as he's going. Right. You know he's he's. It's uncharted country. You know, no one's done this kind of thing before. Right. And especially with a set out five year timeline, right. five years of story to fill, you know, yeah, the pacing's going to be a little bit a little bit off. He doesn't have he doesn't have the luxury that, say, Galactica or Lost had of looking back at how Babylon 5 did this
1: and learning from it. Right, and JMS doesn't have the experience of having written Babylon 5 Mm -hmm. that then informs Jeremiah Mm -hmm. and informs particularly Sense8. Right. There is hardly a minute of Sense8 that doesn't feel planned, deliberate, and necessary. Oh, yes. And... I think you only get to that masterpiece through this one, which taken as a whole is a masterwork, but which does have some, some gaps and problems. Without Agreed. us needing to go back to season one and our, our slagging of many of those episodes, which seemed like they weren't really going where we would have expected them to go. And yet here, we've got pieces that we need established. And so they're established. We need Mars Colony on side. or We need Mars Colony's Resistance on side. Yep. So we have them on side. And we need to know that Mimbar, by virtue of everything that's been happening... Is experiencing its greatest period of social decoupling and decohesion since Valen. Mm-hmm. And in a society right. that conservative and that rigid, how can that not be gravely problematic to what's coming next? Right there there's
0: such upheaval to their fundamental fundamental foundations that's right you know, the, yeah the, the, the Vorlons who they've always kind of seen as their you know patreon uh, you know species. You know, Patreon, race in the galaxy. Yes. They, you know, they've they're they're kind of like the kid sidekick to the you know. They turn out to be <laughs> just massive jerks.
1: Yeah, right, uh, right.
0: You know, and and the shift of of the shadow war being over, the 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 shift of dynamics with the humans. Um, I don't know how widespread the knowledge of the of of the 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 sort of mixed bloodline thing from a couple episodes ago. It, you know, how, how far is that spreading around? Um, and just the, you know, the, the cast system breaking down because the warrior cast, and this is going back to season one. We had the, 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 the seeds laid planted. Then, you know, the warrior cast was, was, uh, emasculated, right? They, they got shut down and as they were winning the war. Right.
1: And they've never forgotten it. No, and never, certainly never forgiven. And now they're using Delenn's own decisions to undermine the, the Valenic balance even more as a result yeah. of... Uh, as a result of what they've uh, they've they've experienced, or of what they feel, and right. uh, you know, again, I'd love to see some worker caste people here.
0: No, I we, think we'll I think we'll get there.
1: Yeah, I think we will too. Yeah. Uh, so we have both Earth Society and Mimbari Society moving towards civil war. As early as season one, or at least the, the, the sense of it, mm-hmm. right, clearly with the Mimbari, it was further along than with Earth because San, uh, Santiago's uh, election and assassination took more time to, to, to pull off.
0: Right, but we don't but but minbar isn't really falling until now, a couple of years. it's not falling into chaos until a couple of years after Earth has fallen, so that's the, right the, yeah. you know, the, the pacings are off in a couple of different ways. I think Earth got nudged into it faster by the alliance with the shadows no question, no uh, question yeah you know, whereas whereas minbar's situation is is. Maybe not externally influenced and, and entirely of their own making. It just took them, you know, and, and being a more rigid society, it took, you know, it took it longer to to lurch into movement. It's like a, it's like a massive ocean liner, you know, trying to slow or stop or start back up again.
1: Right, more formalist, rigid societies take longer to. Come apart, and when they do, the nature of that coming apart is usually far more destabilizing than in a different kind of society.
0: Mm. Because they don't have the, the central tenet of flexibility right. needed to to rebuild or recoup from something like a military coup of of clarks or of uh something that 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 really just destabilizes the the fundamentals of the system you know okay well earth as a at least a nominative democracy uh has it goes through cycles of new administrations frequently enough correct that, that okay sure you know we've we might have a complete jerkwad for four or eight years but but then we'll 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 get everything back on its course right you know there's almost you know, change and and rebirth is almost baked into the earth political process you know well, well i guess it's well, let's call it what it is it's the american political process projected into the future onto the entirety of earth oh uh, for sure for sure you know.
1: yeah 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 there's there there's at least a dozen perfectly democratic democratic systems that jms's earth 2260 could have been modeled on but this is definitely an american style administration right um and okay great Uh, i mean it is what it is it is interesting that Reinforcing the point about the Mimbari and Earth. If you look at the four remaining major races Mimbari and humans, mm-hmm. Centauri and Narn the Centauri and Narn do not appear to be struggling with political consequences as a result of the Shadow War. The Centauri appointed a new prime minister. Mm-hmm. and a new regent the system carries on right its institutions are more elastic
0: oh definitely so right. i i think because you know as i said you know, well, democracy churns itself over pretty quickly so does assassination yeah and uh, <laughs> right right you know, and 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 it's it's basis in uh, roman late republic early empire yeah you know, that's that's a society that churned itself over pretty fast. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, th- th- this is this is the advantage of the Centauri mm-hmm. system. This yeah. is the advantage of that aristocratic game. Mm-hmm. Because the whole thing is a game. It's always in flux. Yes. Of course it is. This is the way it works.
0: Mm-hmm. And the Narn... When you die. Right. As they say.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. He tried and failed. Yes. He tried and died. Uh, and the Narn... And-
0: go they the Narn have have bigger problems to deal with than than well they're they're just putting a political system back into place after right. everything was you know, right mass driven into the ground
1: right and although we haven't been shown whether it's going well or not there's no reason from what I've seen to believe that it's going poorly we haven't heard any suggestion of that no? yeah. the Narn are more they're more able to roll with things, improvise, sort it out, make it work. Like most people who have been historically done in by a larger power or that have experienced colonialism. Mhm. You just learn to make it work. Mm -hmm. And if it goes really well, you end up with something like, say, Botswana, which has been a representative democracy since its independence in 1966 Mm -hmm. and has got some cap, you know, it's got some things to export, makes some money, and it can maintain a, a it's it's sort of national integrity even though it borders the regional power, South Africa. Mm -hmm. If you don't have that, you end up with something like, uh, say, the Central African Republic, which has never been stable, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: has very weak institutions, and uh, and people make do, but they make do by by working outside of any kind of system or structure. You don't Mm -hmm. have these kind of highly constitutionalized regimes in places uh, where perhaps these things have happened. Mm -hmm. And so what do you hope for the Narn is that they can very quickly turn over this colonialist legacy rebuild and regroup and and get back to a kind of baseline yeah but what and will happen to mimbar that's that's yeah. troubling
0: and Narnas had practice with it recently correct too. correct you know, they, it, it was it wasn't that many years ago that the Centauri pulled out in the first place and they had to kind of you know pick themselves up from from first principles that's right well, that's okay right. now they're doing it again so they've you know, and hopefully, learning. Oh, what, would, what did we do right the first time? Let's, <laughs> yeah, let's right, maybe tweak exactly. that a little bit. But you know, within within living memory, they've had to do this already. So, you know, I, I again, you know, it's not really by by design of their system or by uh, by choice, but they've got experience at being flexible.
1: Right, and we have all of that background story mm-hmm. that is all present in our narrative of Babylon 5 as we're presented with one faction of the Mars Resistance Mm -hmm. killing civilians. Mm -hmm. And although I think number one's dressing down of, what was his name, Philippe? Philippe. Was JMS dialogue writing at its absolute worst. Yeah, yeah. People do not talk like this. Please make people talk like people and not like a speech in a novel.
0: Yeah. We were saying just before we started recording, I, I was saying that, you know, there's kind of this, I don't know, thought stereotype, whatever you want to call it, of... Strazinski speechifying and I think we'd we'd always called it oh you know uh, someone's someone's, Sheridan-ing, you, know, someone's right. <laughs> you know going on at length in, right. in these ways that, but you know on this rewatch I haven't seen that I haven't really felt it until this episode when number one is is giving this lengthy dressing down that just does not sound realistic right um and it it
1: really graded on me um, yeah, it, it's it's it was a it was a negative factor that I because we haven't really had it for mm-hmm. for like almost three seasons. It was a little bit of it in season one, and then it sort of gave way. Um, yeah. That might be a function more of um, Michael O'Hare than of JMS, um, mm. but it's th- th- this is exactly what I don't want. Right, um, and. Bombing civilian targets is always a very, a very problematic escalation in any resistance movement's attempt to secure its political objectives. Mm-hmm. So many examples from our own history of the last 30 years, 40 years, We would need an entire new episode of this program to cover them. But I can appreciate why she doesn't want these things done without without his approval. Uh, Without without her approval, I'm sorry, without her approval. Yeah, Yeah, without her approval, yeah. Yeah. Um, And so we get that speech, and we get... Franklin and Marcus bringing the Martians around. Mm -hmm. And that felt like speechifying to me. It did. Yeah. It did. Um,
0: And it felt a little too quick for my liking. Right. Um, It's one of those things that I wish they had spent another... You know, ma- keep it as the B-plot, but make it run for three or four episodes of bringing the Martians over and building, building the trust. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Don't just give one good speech and invoke the name of Sheridan. Right. Who, frankly, because of the news blackout, nobody on Mars really knows the role that Sheridan played in the war anyway. Right. Or that there was a great war. So right. it's almost you know, the, the, the invocation of the magical name shouldn't have the power that it has.
1: Right. And so in fact left, they they, they go out of their way to show that Sheridan was involved in some anti civilian activity. Right. You know, during uh um uh, you know during the the
0: post right. Earthmanbari
1: War. wartime. Yeah. And so there should have been a little bit more skepticism or resistance yeah. perhaps to mm-hmm. to Sheridan. Um so th- those things sort of taken together, uh you know, kind of I don't know, they don't land. Um uh Yeah,
0: I definitely thought the bits on Mars were the weakest parts of this episode. Um it had some some real strengths. I thought a lot of the a lot of the uh, the, the Minbar stuff that we've talked about was was definitely strong, um, you know, and and again, still build up for things to come. But it yep. was, but it was certainly, but it was strong. But but I've 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 not loved the the Mars arc thus far. I have to say. Yeah. So
1: now we're gonna l- listeners. We're gonna because we, um, uh, you know, we're 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 still sort of building to what the rest of the storyline is going to be. We're going to leave some of the ongoing stuff aside. We're going to talk a little bit about the DROC. Mm-hmm. And in this case, we don't really know what they represent other than a potential ongoing shadow-like external threat. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, you and I had a little conversation, and I did some reading about this. And I found—you found the DROC ineffective. Ah, uh,
0: not ineffective, but I visual I visually on un- in-
1: ineffective. Okay, um, you know, I I we I, I read on the lurkers guide that the reason why the Drock were given that shimmering out of phase kind of vibe was because the the practical effects guys looked at the model, looked at the makeup, and said, "This just doesn't look good enough." And so we're gonna tinker with it. Now, I don't quite know what they were going for. It, it looked it had a sort of almost out of
0: phase with time, or with or dimensionally out of phase look to it. Right. And and I didn't mind that. I liked that. Right. Um, it was the kind of wild dance motion that the that the actor was doing.
1: Yes. That
0: that was that was more off-putting for me. And I you know honestly with with the distortion I couldn't see the 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 features of the of the 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 costuming, the 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 prosthetics whatever uh, as well. But I think if if the person had just sort of stood still and but had that kind of out of sync shimmering, that would have been more effective for me. Right. Now I so it was more of a performance thing than a, than a visual thing for me.
1: Yeah, that, that put me off. Yeah. I found the look of the base creature clearly like a miss, mm. in terms of the prosthetic design and what have you. But when they gave it that shimmering effect, I don't know why, but I found it utterly chilling. Mm-hmm. That creature freaked me out. I do have no idea why. Yeah. I thought the movement was really weird, but I couldn't help but process it as a kind of uncanniness or it sort of read like like Japanese horror, like body okay. horror.
0: I can definitely see that.
1: Right. And anything that goes anywhere near that for me automatically gets my, like, I get very focused on it because it's so disturbing. Uh Uh-huh. So I think that the makeup kind of missed, but I liked the effect. I think I would have liked it even more if it hadn't been, I would have found it even more chilling if the direction had come the way you said.
0: Mm. Yeah, less Less flailing about right more just like the you know sort of twitching
1: right you
0: know, tone it down a little bit
1: right or indeed, you're at an
0: 11, I need you at a seven
1: yeah, right. <laughs> yeah exactly right or indeed go go in a totally different direction go sort of ghost of Christmas future make it look mm-hmm. like you're levitating mm-hmm. That would mm-hmm. have been creepy as well, because you know the, right. the shadows were all sort of like insectoid, ticka, 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 right? Right. Which you know go in a different direction, and that mm-hmm. might have been that might have been neat, but yeah. um, but given where we are here in season in season four, we've talked a great deal about the show's computer generated effects, but we've never actually talked about their practical effects. Their makeup right. and their set design and whatever. And I thought this might be a good time, given that the that those people thought the Drak were a failure, was mm-hmm. a failure. To say, well, actually, I think there's a lot of good practical effects in this show. And um, yeah, and you know, you and I have just recently started listening to uh, a podcast called The Well, mm-hmm. which is uh, hosted by Anson Mount. Captain Pike from Star Trek: Discovery and a special effects guy, who's a friend of his named Brandon Eggers. They did a three-part interview with Doug Jones, mm-hmm. play Saru, and a hundred million other prosthetic, I've always, yeah, uh, informed hu- characters. Always been a
0: huge fan of Doug Jones. Uh, you know, since I first, I I think I first really noticed him. Know, it had to have been before Hellboy, because I know when he was playing Abe Sapien, I was like, "Oh, it's Doug Jones," but I don't remember mm-hmm. kind of where I had come across his name before. Um, but he's just so phenomenal at at seeming inhuman. That's right. Both with the movement of his body and the 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 makeup and the you know the effect the practical effects that he that he wields.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's extraordinary. Um, imagine him on this show. And that would have been, uh, yeah. yeah, that would have been pretty astounding. Uh, he, he
0: was busy swimming in uh, McDonald's uh, Mac Tonight money in a, during this era.
1: <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, um, and he was also in one of the worst movies ever made based on a, a superheroic or comic book property, which is to say Tank Girl. Mm. I love Laurie Petty. I like iced tea. I like yeah. Malcolm McDowell. Yeah. God but, bless America. What a terrible yeah. movie. But when um, you put them all in a blender. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What you get is chum. Yes. <laughs> so so what are, the, what are the sort of practical effects in B5 that you think, all right, that's good stuff?
0: Well, I, I was thinking about it a lot today, and it really does come down to character uh, effects. Uh, sure mostly the aliens uh the 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 body suits the the masks that those kinds of things because mm-hmm. you know normally i i'm i'm a sucker for practical effects ships mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know i love the old star wars you know it's just seeing the designs and all the greebles and oh, how yeah. these things were, were built I totally have, oh, love it love it totally um but that's where the CGI comes in in, in Babylon Five, and right. uh, you know, and, and you know, for reasons including the budget, they they you know they lean heavily for for any of those kinds of things. You know, instead of having the the, the mirrors to give the perception of a bottomless pit, they're just going to CGI in a bottomless pit. Um, so so really, at the end of the day, it comes down to the aliens is where you're going to find the practical effects in this show.
1: Uh, completely. Right. Yeah. yeah. You don't have um, the Cygnus from Black Hole. Mm-hmm. You don't have the great uh, uh, um, asteroid-based space station of Jason of Star Command. These mm-hmm. great '70s practical effects people. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, all of those X-wing and Y-wing and yeah. you know all those fighters and that Imperial Star Destroyer. That was a model that right. had to be built. And then meticulously built. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, to me, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, I'm all for models, right? Mm -hmm. I think I think Mm -hmm. the new programs are beautiful, Mm -hmm. and rock on. But give me a big ass model anytime. Yeah, and I'm I'm in from you know from Star Trek six, the Enterprise and Kronos Mm one, right? And when they when uh, you know when when Enterprise was being attacked. And you know it was it was being blown to pieces, and you could see that it was pieces being blown off a model. I mean, to me, that's that's yeah. the money, right? Yeah. But B five richly deserves its <laughs> credit for makeup and prosthetic design and what have you.
0: Absolutely. Right? So, Absolutely. So, what
1: are the couple of designs that resonate for you? As like, that's well, a really good one.
0: Let's call out the 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 elephant in the room, which is the Vorlon encounter suits,
1: right? Which
0: we've said before. You know, you get a sense of personality out of, of the different, the differences between the two Koshes. Right. How they move, how the the light in the eye right. shines. Right. Right. Um, the you know, Kosh two is much colder, and 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 that, you know, personality wise, it's it's conveyed in the in the appearance. And yes, it may look like you know the the first one was a a vacuum cleaner with a with the drapes you know piled over it or something right it it looks weird it looks uh it it looks unearthly which is the point um yeah and and it's it's it can just that one little light with the um with the iris around it can convey so many layers of, of, of meaning of
1: expression. Um, That, that iris that mm. opens, closes on that suit has got way more expressive power than it has any right to have. Yeah. Yeah. I I would totally agree with that. Mm -hmm. I think the Narn are an exceptional piece of work. Mm hmm. You can definitely tell what we're supposed to think about the species' origins. Yes, they—they they have an integrity. They don't look like wearing a rubber mask.
0: No, it looks, you know, it looks perfectly organic.
1: Yeah. God bless that makeup. Must have been murder to get into.
0: Well, I'm sure that you know Caitlin Brown and. Uh,
1: um, uh, uh, Andreas um, Katsoulis.
0: Oh, and I'm Ma- sorry, uh, Mary and, Kay Adams. And Mary Kay Adams, you know, we, we, they they must have agreed, uh, you know, since they couldn't deal with it. Yeah,
1: they shuffled. They 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 shuffled yeah, off. Must, uh, oh,
0: yeah, must have been hours and hours to get ready. Murder. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, I think the Drazi are pretty good.
0: Yes. Yeah. I don't think they have a, a huge range of expression in their faces. Yeah. But, um but it's not needed yeah 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 what else um i i'm i'm going to go back to the death walker episode and robin curtis oh you yeah know, that that you know it was it was so it was you know i didn't recognize her you recognize the eyes going back and looking again and i just looked at a picture again today right And it's so transformative.
1: Uh, Yeah, that was a heck of a piece of work right there. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever did that prosthetic should really Mm -hmm. get extra credit. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's too bad they never did much with that character or that race. Mm Hmm. I think. I mean, I think the Pakmara are pretty cool. You know, they're a little bit of Doctor Zoidberg. (laughs) You know, in a good way. Um, Yeah. But I think I would have traded the Pakmara for that. For that sort of Atlantean sure. race, you know, sure. in a in a New York minute, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I love the fact that when you look at the League of non aligned Worlds, it's clear that the makeup effects guys are like, we're just gonna riff on a couple of strange ideas and see what it looks like, uh, you know?
0: Right, right. They may have, you know, they may have had direction on the core, maybe four or five. But then right. it's like, eh, and you know, what other bits do we have lying around that That's we can right. kind of throw together for this for this one in the background here?
1: Right, some bibs and bobs, as you would say. Exactly. So yeah, um, we've uh, we've dogged them on set design mm-hmm. uh, for you know space station walls made of pool noodles, and there's mm. no there's no need to go back to that, but um, no. Um, Although we just did. Indeed. Terribly sorry. Yeah. Uh, other um, other makeup effects. Those were the come main to mind? Ones.
0: Although I will say, you know, we we can't bypass the Centauri. Uh, you know that that those aren't shaved heads. Those are all bald wig. And I think there was there was early on they had someone who actually did they did shave a head for maybe it was one of the the, the Centauri women, and it just looked wrong. Yeah. And so rather than. Go with what it, you know, build it as opposed to going with the natural look. And, you know, in building, make it look better than natural.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, You know, there's not, not a lot, not too much done around, um, around Londo or Veer's faces. But, but the, anybody who can make hair stand up like that is going to get, you know, is going to get props in my book. Totally. And.
1: The minbari are cool looking yeah uh, you know we we see so much of Delenn in her hybrid form mm-hmm. that sometimes it can be uh, it, it can it can be easy to to uh you know to forget all the other makeup work that has to take place when they're on a white star right and you've got fifteen different minbari all of whom need to have a very distinct you know, kind of facial profile yeah uh, yeah I think that's an extraordinary look yeah um, in uh, you know in a program that was experimental at a time when, when other shows either weren't or they were but what you ended up with were they didn't look like they didn't look real yeah 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 uh,
0: you know a lot of okay this may be heresy but go. you know I'm, I'm i'm speaking it to the right crowd here um Morn always looked like a piece of crap to me <gasps> on on deep space Nine. Oh, shameful i'm not a fan of
1: mourn yeah
0: yeah yep yeah, shots fired yeah shots go.
1: fired uh I, I, know, i'm the, at the, a loss
0: the, to know the suit and you know and the, the shtick of never saying anything just never worked uh, a lot of the aliens on on DS9, I don't think, came off as as well as the aliens that we have here.
1: Yeah, yeah. Not not as strong. Individual yeah. actors, yes, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. the overall practical effects, not not so much. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, I I'm not even going to open this door because it will take. Thirty minutes of 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 unpacking, right? But y'all already know my thinking about both Romulan tailoring and Romulan (laughs) Romulan interior design, right? Mm -hmm. Find me the nearest flamethrower, burn the entirety of Romulus to the ground, inclusive, and let's redecorate. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Whereas that was the whole point of the J.J. Abrams you know thing is is you know blow up blow up romulus travel back in time and give them a better sense of fashion
1: that's right yeah
0: they just need to give us the franchise and we'll 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 get it going
1: yeah give us any and all franchises if you're franchising your franchise consider us your franchisees exactly so yeah uh on that note uh friends thanks for listening share your feedback what practical effects do you think in Babylon 5 really stand out for you or indeed on other, you know, on other programs. You know, they look at the Stargates and the Lexes mm. and and those Stars kinds Gate. of programs. I'm sorry, Chris. Starsgate.
0: The Starsgate. The Stars like Attorney's General. Yeah, I'm yes. sorry. The yes. Attorney's yeah. General.
1: That's right. Yeah. Yeah. The Starsgate. They had all kinds of interesting effects. Yeah. And uh, and I'm looking forward to hearing uh, what the you know, what the community thinks. You know where to find us? Listen on on, on on Apple Podcasts, download us from iTunes or Stitcher, find us on any old search engine, the name of the pod, join us on our Facebook group. Thanks so much for listening. Bye, folks. Bye now.